On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we listen to the sonorous songs of the Bare Naked Ladies from 7 to Y. We discuss and critique a band whose harmonies are sometimes like church bells ringing a wedding march, or like swallows singing a mournful tune. We are excited to have Aaron back from his long trip. It's good to be back. We brought him back from exile. (laughs) I did my time in the penalty box for not liking enough tunes. <laughs> oh, in that in that case, I'm in trouble after the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, have you been the you've been drinking the haterade while I've been gone? Oh, I think I took over that role quite well. <laughs> and we are also, of course, as you heard already, joined my my wonderful friend Michelle. Hello. Good to see you, Michelle. It's been too long. It's nice to see you, Aaron. Your hair looks great. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm I like it. And yours is too, Tracy. <laughs> my hair looks the same as every week. Yes. <laughs> but it looks fabulous. I have a mohawk for you guys uh who can't you're only watching. <laughs> Trying out the mohawk for a little bit. I think it's I'm rocking the hawk pretty well, I gotta say. Hashtag rock the hawk. Rock the Here we go. Join the conversation. <laughs> and this week we are discussing, if you haven't already picked up on the hints and clues, the song Carol of the Bells from the Bare Naked for the Holidays CD, the first song off this CD from 2004. <laughs> I have a bunch of facts about the song Carol of the Bells, but I believe I couldn't find any information about whether this, who wrote this, well, about who composed this song for the Bare Naked Ladies CD. I would have to say, considering the person that is the main focal point of the song, that it had to have been Kevin. That's um, what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's a lot of... Oh, yeah. Lot, lots of synth all through it. Actually, I think it's all synth. <laughs> this song was originally written by the Ukrainian composer. And you, correct me if, if you know this stuff and if you're, you can pronounce it better than I can. Mikola Leontovich in 1914. Yep. It is based on a four-note ostinato, which is a motif or phrase that persistently repeats. Correct. The song is based off a Ukrainian a Ukrainian folk chant called the uh, Shinchendrik. The original work was originally meant to be sung a cappella and mixed in by a four-voice choir. Interesting the other two... that you say that. Keep going. <laughs> I have some thoughts to share later. All right. Um, the, there are two other settings of this, of this composition. 
One is a women's choir, which is unaccompanied. Another ver- version is a children's choir with a piano accompaniment. Personally, I think maybe that might have been a better and more appropriate way for Kevin to kind of go with this since it's almost all synth. Mm-hmm. It's been recorded over 150 different versions and different rearrangements over the years. I believe that. There were original lyrics to this written by Peter Wilhowski. And yeah, I believe he worked at uh, Burger King. I was at Burger King making paper whoppers. I would paper hats. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? <laughs> Last year, right? <laughs> Ding fries are done. <laughs> uh, the original story was related in the song was associated to the New Year's because there was no Christian theme in the Ukraine at that time. And it was a, a story about a swallow flying into a household to proclaim the bountiful year that the family would have. And then when it was brought to America, Wilhowski rewrote it for the symphony orchestra when they were playing Carnegie Hall so mm. it would have the bell motif instead. And that's the one that we are now more famously here in America familiar with. That is all the information I have about this song. So uh, with that information thrown out there, enough of the nerding on this, we're going to go over to the, <laughs> the music nerd and tell us what you know about this song, Aaron. I was going to say, you say enough nerding, but we're about to nerd out. <laughs> so here we go. Hold on to your pocket protectors. So Carol about depending on how you count it, uh, I would say this version, I would count it at about 218 BPM. Uh, beats per minute very fast. I would mark it prestissimo. <laughs> uh, the pace is almost manic for the bulk of the tune. I was I was uh, surprised at how fast it was. Surprised on several fronts. Uh, of course, it's in the key of C minor. This is my, I should say, Carol of the Bells is my absolute favorite Christmas song. There are a few Christmas songs that are in a minor key, but only this one is in a minor key in an odd time signature, and has a recurring ostinato pattern over a descending root note. Uh, These are like several of my favorite musical uh, techniques combined into one song. So it's got a large number of my favorite musical devices packed into a single Christmas carol, so it's no surprise that I love it. Uh, Having said that, when I heard, you know, Bare Naked Ladies did Carol the Bells, I got really excited, you know. I'm thinking I love their vocal work, their harmonies, the way they all come together. This is going to be beautiful. (laughs) Uh, This was not what I expected. It's an instrumental song in the sense that the only vocals heard are vocalized choral ahs, no lyrics. Um, Now, I love Kevin's keyboard work, as I always do. However, this song is a bit faster for the bulk of the tune than what I was expecting. Uh, And I was expecting kind of a lush vocal arrangement. Now, the unexpected Mm -hmm. can be nice. And there's something to be said for not always getting what you want, as noted philosopher Mick Jagger once said. Uh, <laughs> but it was difficult for me to think about anything except for how great an a cappella arrangement of this tune would have been, with all the vocal talent you have within mm-hmm. Bare Naked Ladies. And you can hear little glimmers of what that might have sounded like in the sections where the vocals come in. So it's not to say that this is by any means a bad arrangement. Just that I can hear the seeds of one that I would have liked so much more within it. And that was so frustrating for me. A slower, more somber arrangement with beautiful vocals would have moved me so much more, personally. Uh, That's just me, though. What do you guys think? (laughs) I'll pass it over to you. Go ahead, Michelle. I, I 
I have to say, firstly, I have had this album for many years, and I listen to it regularly on the holiday season. So I wasn't surprised by this. Had it been my first listening, I totally get where you're coming from, especially with the vocals, because as we know, and we've mentioned on many um, episodes already, their their gorgeous harmonies oh, yeah. are so amazing. And, and like you said, like a slowed down vocal acapella version of this would be stunning. Having said that, I have to say, <laughs> listening to the song and having listened to it many, many times over the years, what my notes were, I love the Hammond organ yep. um, at the beginning, yep. you know, the in quotations. And it's just kind of mesmerizing, you know, it's easy to listen to, it's Washes easy to listen you. on repeat. Um, certain work that I do on the computer during the day helps. It helps if I have instrumental music on just to kind of um, quiet the voice that's telling me I don't want to do it. And this is a great song. You know what I mean? Like it just distracts mm. that. Like, oh, maybe you should get up and have a snack. Maybe you should just take a break and see what's on TV. Maybe you can go to Netflix and rewatch Breaking Bad or whatever. You know, like, and this is a great song for that. I just. Um, I have to say, I do like Kevin's sneaky vocals that come in. Yes. In the, it's almost like it surprises you, you know? Like, wait, am I hearing that or am I making that up? Mm-hmm. It's sort of such a subtle thing. But I find this version pretty peaceful. I, I you know, I knew what to expect, so therefore I enjoyed it greatly and you know it's a good time of year to be listening to it we've got a snowstorm on the way yep. so you know we're just True. hunkering down and getting ready True, um for the holidays and all that uh, but i totally get where you're coming from aaron i mean it's interesting because I, I perspective and relativity they're all so important to how we judge things um if if I didn't know this would be an L. If Tracy sent me like uh, an unmarked audio file and said, hey, listen to this acid jazz arrangement of Carol the Bell. <laughs> I might have been like, oh, this is kind of cool. I could put this on this in the background cool. and do whatever. Right. But I think my, just my hopes, I got them up so high. I was like, oh, this is going to be great with all their voices blending and beautiful harmony. And I was like, oh, this is not what I was expecting. So, yes. um, you know, nothing wrong with it. As I said, it's not. it's by no means a bad arrangement. And I like certain things about it. Uh, it's just, I don't know, I, it took the wind out of my sails because I was like, really, really, I, now it's, it's on me, honestly. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I built it up in my head into something it wasn't. What do you think about the song, Tracy, as a whole? I Everything that you said, I, I really have to kind of go along with. Like when So when I come to BNL, I come to BNL to be mesmerized and emotionally impacted. Um, usually in a very positive way. I usually, especially with a Christmas album, um, even with the Hanukkah songs, like I, I want to come in and I want you to fill me with Christmas Hanukkah spirit. I want to be full of cheerfulness and happiness and compassion and kindness. And this is a great song for doing that. Like, as you had mentioned, Aaron, Carol the Bells is one of my favorite Christmas Mm. songs to listen to. Um, and and to fill me with that kind of Christmas spirit of of happiness, kindness, etc. 
that being said, this one for me, and, and it kind of goes along with what you were saying, Michelle, it's very peaceful. To me, it's something I would hear as a, and I'm trying to pick my words wisely here. It's something that I would hear as an out-of-the-box type of choice in a mall over the speakers. Wicked. Like, hey, let's do something a little bit different and put something on people aren't expecting, but it's still relaxing and peaceful and encourages people See, to buy. <laughs> that's a really good point because we're talking about expectations. If I heard this over the loudspeakers at a mall or a supermarket or something during Christmas time, I'd be like, oh, nice. This is a nice break. It's yes. something different from all the typical Christmas music. And I really would have appreciated it more, I think, with that kind of uh, environment for the presentation. So that's really, it's really a good point yeah. about how the way you come into it or what you're expecting can really shape your, your perception of a tune. Yeah, because coming into this, like when I hear BNL, I, like you, expect those big harmonies. I expect this to be boisterous and playful. Mm. We'll get to it later, but it's much more like Crosby, Stills, and Nash and Young, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, uh, sleigh, sleigh, belt, uh, sleigh ride that we get later on. Mm. Um, that's what I expect BNL to kind of take with a, a traditional song and to take it and do something completely different and off color, possibly, um, and something that's going to make you smile, laugh, put you in a really good mood, in a good space, and hear amazing harmonies. And I'm waiting for that when I first listen to this CD. And kind of every time I listen to this CD, I'm waiting for that at this <laughs> spot in the CD. And then I hit this and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> BNL, and I, we know. And, it, and, it, and, I, and, and I feel like, it, to me, for me, it, it doesn't meet my expectations. And it's lacking. Um, it's not to say that Kevin doesn't play a beautiful version here because he, he does. does a great job. Yeah, the, he, really he plays this absolutely amazingly beautifully and and cop, like beyond competently. Competence is not the right word. He is is musically talented. Obviously, he's a genius. Um, it just isn't what I'm looking for. I, I think that if you took this and then built upon this. It would be what I was looking for. Like if you have this as your basement, as your cement, your framework for a a beautiful harmonious arrangement on top of it, that would be completely amazing. So would you say this is a really well-made and very tasty scoop of vanilla ice cream? Yes. That would be an amazing way of putting it, yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's vanilla I bean. Can, I can see that. It's got just enough flavor. But it's but it's it's fancy artisanal French vanilla bean. Yes. It's like, wow, you know, because you're like, I'm not gonna eat just a scoop of vanilla ice cream. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's really good. <laughs> it, is, it is the French it's bean gelato. gelato. It's ooh, good call. It's gelato. <laughs> you. You're absolutely right. That is the right call. Great minds think alike there, Michelle. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it is that's exactly what this is. But for me it's still vanilla. <laughs> and I'm wanting like this really full flavor, and it's not where I, where I went with it. So that's funny. I total. I'm surprised. I just it like I like it. You know what I mean? I just and I don't know if it's because I just the expectation has already been set, so I knew what was coming, mm. and so I'm like, this is the version, and this is what it is. I get where you guys are coming from, but I'm okay with it. I'm okay yeah. with it too. I, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just. I think, I don't know, maybe it's because this is my favorite Christmas song, you know what I mean? And oh, I'm, yes. I'm not a guy, I love, I like Christmas plenty, don't worry, but like I'm not really, I, I'm the I'm the Nightmare Before Christmas guy, I'm the guy who's all about Halloween, 
And then when uh, <laughs> you're right there, Tracy, don't die. I know I'm talking about Halloween and morbid stuff. Goodness. Go ahead. Tracy, <clears throat> Tracy was just attacked by a small army of Ewoks. <laughs> Please don't sue George Lucas. Or yeah, Disney so. now. Yeah. But anyways. I, uh, I get what you mean, Aaron. Because yeah. like, if somebody did that to um, Oh Holy Night... Yeah, you know, yeah. When, like a, like another they, great one. I like that. If one they one. did a country version of Oh Holy Night, I'd be very upset. <laughs> well, the thing is, I like I like acid jazz, and this is kind of an acid jazz kind of thing. So I'm digging Putting it. Putting it that way, I get it. Like I'm digging if, it. If I if they were going to give me an acid jazz light version of Oh Holy Night, fine. But I, you know, that so much more could be. Yeah, done with I just it. I, I so, feel this. I can sense I the specter you. of a greater song that I, I feel like they could have gone for, and I, it just, it can't help but kind especially of especially with Steven's vocals, like yeah. an acapella version, knowing how great his vocals are. Yeah, I can, I can hear that. But, but nothing wrong with this at all. And as I said, if it came on, I'd be happy to listen to it again. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, uh, it's well done. It's, it sounds nice. Uh, I I agree. I think the best parts, in my opinion, are the the beginning and the end, where they kind of it's slower or out of time, and mm-hmm. it's a little more ethereal and kind of uh, I don't know. I like that a lot. Uh, but I mean, it's all good and it's all very well played by Kevin and well arranged. So uh, great job with it. I just wasn't what I was hoping for, which you know, again, that's on me. <laughs> yeah, and and for me, it, in the right moment, in the right time. I could listen to it. Oh, I can definitely listen to it. If this came on the radio, I can guarantee I'm flipping. Oh, really? Past it. See, I'm, I wouldn't go that um, far even. Yeah. <clears throat> Where on the radio? I, I know think I'm somewhere then between Michelle and Tracy. On my iPad. On my iPod, yeah. I know I don't even have it on my iPod. I I took it off intentionally off my iPod because I knew I would never listen oh, to it. Oh, so you feel pretty strong about this. I'm shocked, Tracy. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if this I was walking through the mall, I'd be like, hey, that's B&L. I love that. That's cool. <laughs> um, so it's really the situation. In certain situations, it, on the elevator, I'd be like, hey, that's a cool different way of hearing this kind of instrumental type of song. Now, there's very few situations where I'd actually be happy to hear it, though. So I'm definitely I'm between... You and Michelle on this one, Tracy. Yeah, I, I don't I, think uh, there's any other way to. I might be. even. You'll, you'll I might see be a little closer. To, <laughs> I might be a little closer to Michelle. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. It is interesting. I did not expect you to come down that hard on this one. <laughs> I, I am shocked. <laughs> oh yeah, just wait. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> so, all right. So, should we get to maybe some ratings, or do we have some more to say? Yeah. I mean, there's no mute. There's no uh, lyrics. It's, it's not too much can, to say. We about can. It. We can do ratings. I'm happy. Um, at first, my rating was going to be bells. Like, what else could it be? But then as we got talking, as so often we do, I changed it. Okay. And the rating system this week is unmet expectations. Oh. <laughs> I feel personally attacked. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm doing it like an opposite, like a counterattack here. No, like no. We'll still... <laughs> We'll still do our normal one is low, five is high. Um, I'll start since I am the bearer of goodwill this week. Um, I give the song a 3.75. You know, it's fine. That's pretty good. I'm going to listen to it. But I've got the CD on. It's in the background. I'm doing other things. And it's just nice background noise. 
It's, I'm not going to it to solve my life's problems. It's in the background. It's holiday music. You know what I mean? So my expectations are pretty low anyway. So 3.75. <laughs> Let's go to you, Aaron. How, what's, what's, we'll go in order, I guess. So what was it? Unmet expectations? Unmet expectations. Okay. So I, I suspect then that my guess is true because I have, I'm, I have a, in my head, I have a guess for where Tracy's going to come down on this one based on the way he was talking about it. And if that is true, then I am closer to Michelle than Tracy. So, Michelle, I I did like this quite a lot, as I said. I I thought about it for a while. And I think at first I was going to give it about a three, but then I really thought about it and listened to it. And I tried to remove it from the context of my expectation and just say, look, it's a really cool little song. It's a nice tune. It's not what I was expecting, but that's not really a bad thing necessarily. It's just it's something else. Um, so basing it around what it actually is rather than what I was expecting it to be, I think it's a fairly solid tune. I give it, uh, I like it about as much as another heartbreak, but not quite as much as another spin. So I think the fairest rating I can give it is (laughs) 3.2 unmet expectations out of five. Interesting. Okay. Good job. Tracy. All right. It's, it's all you. To, um, 2.5. I had a thought on it and then I'm like, well, wait a minute, because I want to say there's another song on this album that I dislike more. Um, (laughs) Oh, um, you got to compare it to the stuff we've done in the show. You can't. That's cheating. Yeah, but I know (laughs) what's coming up, too. (laughs) That's metagaming. Yeah, but I gotta leave myself some room too if I know there's something lower. Um, <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna go. I had it lower. I'm actually raising it a little bit because in certain settings, like in the middle of a Christmas party or in certain areas, I would have this on in the background because it's it is well played and it is well orchestrated in terms of or choreograph uh, choreographed. No, arranged. Arranged. Uh, it is well arranged and well played. It just Agreed. is totally not my liking. So, with that being said, I give it a one point five. Wow! 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 I was way closer to Michelle's wow. <laughs> Yeah, I was off with my two point five. I thought this, that was. I weird. was joking when I said one. I had I thought no idea. It, it, was wow, it was 1. lower, 5. but I know that, that there's another song. That is shocking you know. to me. If, Knowing that as your rating, I'm surprised that you weren't more scathing in how you were talking about the song. Exactly. 1.5 is like almost offensive. To, Listeners, to me. I am shocked. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm offended. Shocked. I'm saying like if I was to give a song 1.5, it would have to almost offend me. You know what I mean? Have to be... I would be vitriolic at one. I think I said this while you were gone, Aaron. Umba. This is on a BNL scale as well. Like the. This is not comparing him to Biz Markey, which is way off tune and like oh, horrible yes. sounding and poorly played. Like Biz Markey yeah. is a national treasure. Okay, I have to be his defender here. The, the out of tune vocals, the out of tune piano. Where can we even? We're, we're not talking about the drunk karaoke singer at like this local bar. We're we're I'm comparing it to B and L songs, and I think I have to in order to give the. Otherwise, like all my scores are going to be really skewed to the left and we're going to have all these horrendously high scores i do have to say there are bnl songs that i dislike significantly lower uh or just significantly more and this is one of those ones that i another postcard really dislike listening to <laughs> i actively took it off my ipod 
It has to be down there. This is stunning. I am stunned by this. I didn't think you had it in you, Tracy, but this is really yeah, I mean, poor poor Kevin. <laughs> I think Kevin gets the the brunt of my my anger here <laughs> on a lot of these songs. I don't think I've given Kevin anything above a three yet, and I feel bad about that because I, I. But we love Kevin, and he I knows do, that. and I admire oh, him as a musician. So I think we're. we're Please come on the show. It will bounce back. How me and Tracy is. <laughs> my my scores will bounce back. I know there are some coming in year number four at least <laughs> where it bounces back significantly. <clears throat> if we make it. So, so <laughs> this brings Carol of the Bells. This is hilarious. Sits just above another spin. Oh wow! Which is just above another postcard. <laughs> It's interesting because I said I liked it just slightly less than another spin, but I guess we're pretty close there. Well, I, I skewed that a little. If you had sandbagged it, Tracy, the way you were planning, I think I would have been right on. I almost gave it a four. Wow. Yeah, I like it. I don't like it that much, but I like it a lot more than Tracy does. It's just like an easy sure. song to listen to. It doesn't require anything of me. I can just put yeah. it on, enjoy it's an it. It's unassuming track. It's unassuming. It doesn't expect anything from me. You know, and I, Carol Bells, sometimes that's what I need. It's not asking you to do anything. It just wants you to be you. <laughs> do my thing. Get yeah. my stuff and I done. Guess down deep, play it in the background. I guess down deep, I'm just it's... a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an angry person. Christmas is canceled. <laughs> I'm the Grinch oh, of the season. Oh, you're a mean season. one, Mr. Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's true. Speaking of which, go out and no. see The Grinch. It is a great kids TV, a great kids movie this season. Oh, is that the Benabun Cumberbund? Yeah, and, it, and you would never guess it was Cumberbund. <laughs> he does a great job with it. He's he's a great actor, so I'm I'm sure he does a fantastic job. And speaking of appearances, Benedict, we know you watch the show. I know your name's not Cumberbund. <laughs> uh, please come on the show and talk to us with oh your amazing, my Lord. amazing if we accent. Could have... Benedict Cumberbatch. Put us to sleep. Just read us a bedtime story. That would be so good. We need to start a Sherlock podcast. Oh, yeah, I'd actually be down. I for would that. be all over that. That is. I'm sure there's a bajillion of them. He, he is the Sherlock. He's the epitome of Sherlock for me. So. He's yeah. I think Sherlock he's my he's else. my Sherlock. I used to love Jeremy Brett. He was my Sherlock for decades. I haven't. Until s- yeah, I, until I haven't Benedict seen Cumberbatch came along. I haven't seen the Robert Downey Jr. ones. I'm sure that's pretty no, good, too. No, those are but. wrong. I feel like the casting on that is piss poor. It's no. not right. No. He doesn't have it. It's not. He's not Sherlock Holmes. Well, you know what else? He doesn't have the Bene- the Bene- I almost said the Benedict. He doesn't have the benefit of... Uh, <laughs> Of a Watts, of the a great of, Watson. of a Martin Freeman Watson, oh. yeah. Martin Freeman is the perfect cast for that too, as well. Oh, that, yeah. The whole show is just dead on for the cast. I, I completely. Agree. Anyways, before this becomes the uh, speaking of appearances, the, Sherlock, the unofficial Sherlock <laughs> podcast, we, we right. would love for Benedict to come on our show and do an appearance. <laughs> Please come on. Speaking of appearances, <laughs> I want to talk about another great actor, Dennis Leary, oh, yeah. great comedian, great actor. He does a great job, and B and L was on the Dennis Leary Merry Christmas TV special on Comedy Central. Merry Yoko Screaming Christmas. <laughs> and this is what I expect from BNL. Laughter, yeah. hilarity, 
doing something completely different but still sounding beautiful in the process. And that's what we get at. <laughs> yeah, they did a great job in spite of the blowing wind and snow. <laughs> yes, that that was funny. Although you could totally tell, like, what a different world that was. Oh, yeah. A different yes. time. It's just interesting to watch. I mean, it wasn't that many years ago. It was only 14 years ago. And yet, what a different oh, world. Oh, very much. Very different world. Holy moly. We were only beginning to dive into the, the meta-ness <laughs> and cynicism that we're drowning in now. The internet. No Although 2004 is when the Red Sox won the World Series. Yeah, maybe, you know he what? We're it. in a different timeline. I wonder if maybe that's when the Baron Stein Bears became the Baron Stein Bears. <laughs> Hashtag Baron Stein with an Wait. E. Join a conversation. So, Michelle, are you saying it's because of Dennis Leary that the Red Sox won that following year? No, I no, think because the, his Christmas special oh, was after. The Red okay. Sox winning schismed the timeline, gotcha. and that's how we got yep. the Baron Stain Bears. That would make sense. <laughs> like, the world tilted on axis. That's well, also the, when I um, met my husband and we got together. So, like, everything happened. I love <laughs> so to tell this. So maybe it's my fault. I love to tell this story, so I've probably told it before, but... The year, the 2004, my band was playing a, a gig in a sports bar, and we just finished one of our last songs of the night, and the crowd went absolutely nutso bobutso, and they were like standing up and high fiving each other and clapping. And I was like, oh my god, yeah, I'm a rock star. I turned around, and the Sox had just won the World Series. So I was like, oh, okay. Well, for half a second there, I really felt like a rock god. So thank you for giving me that, Red Sox. Oh, it was magic. Good stuff. Ah, oh, by the way, going looping back to the Superheads. Deep BNL fans oh, yes. will be pleased to see that three times on the Merry <laughs> Christmas special, Corky and the Juice Pigs have an appearance as well. Of course, Corky and the Juice Pigs are the band that give BNL kind of their break in having them tour, well, having Steve and Ed tour with them for the first tour that they did uh, all around Canada. Um, and we'll be We'll be adding on to that in the near future because there was a very special date coming up in the in the next couple of weeks for for this band um, that coincided with Corky and the Juice Pigs tour. They so they show on the show a couple times. Interestingly enough, not singing anywhere throughout the whole appearance. Uh, they do a lot of joking, but they don't sing at all until the the end credits when they actually and during the uh, final s- song, which I was really super surprised. Because this is the period of time when BNL was just releasing their holiday album. So they're doing the family-friendly album. And they're kind of they're coming down off their big blow-up of one week and, and such. And here they are singing Merry <laughs> Christmas on TV with all of the racial jokes that are in laden in it. And I was like, wow! Like, good for them. Like, it was, it was hilarious. But... How daring that was for them to take that for a PR move at that point in time. Very different world again. Yes. <laughs> totally, totally different world. That, But that was because back then, they could do that stuff because they were they had just been well-known. They just released a really big album just recently. Before that, uh, you might have heard of it, Everything for Everyone. You know, they were, they were celebrities at that point. And speaking of celebrities, that's our song for next week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, nice subtle transition. You know what? I always look forward (laughs) to the end of the podcast because I always want to see what your pun is going to be and how you're going to spin it 
and lead us into the next week. So I always look forward to that, and you never disappoint. Well, you. <laughs> you never disappoint. It's true. It's very. Ah, uh, so join us next week for celebrity from everything to everyone, and have a great week. Bye, everybody. See you next time. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.